this amazingly special edition of the Christian Car Guy Show. We have a treat for you today, our first ever Christian Car Guy Theater Marathon. If you're a regular listener, you may know every three weeks we release a new episode of Christian Car Guy Theater. That week's episode takes one segment of the show, usually about 11 minutes. Christian Car Guy Theater was birthed last April with our first episode, Lazy Sammy Starter. You're going to get to hear that in the next segment. And I've always loved radio theater of the mind. And with great shows like Unshackled and Adventures in the Odyssey, I felt God putting it on my heart to do a drama using radio animated car components. I wrote and did all the voices in that first episode. And then my good friend, Ann Alt herself, an Adventures in Odyssey voice and Hollywood actress, heard that episode. And she encouraged me to write another and write her into the script. I did, and we had so much fun with that episode, she began inviting other talented actors and actresses to join us. Then more writing talent joined in with mystery writer Ellen Kennedy. So clearly God was up to something with this production, as the team has grown ever since. Today I'm shocked that we have a regular cast of more than a dozen actors and three writers, and now the Lord is even helping me with some additional production folks. So to kick off our marathon today, we're going to start with our first multicast episode, which was my way, Warren Winch, followed by the pilot episode, Lazy Sammy Starter. Then a two-part Garbage In, Garbage Out episode that we started three weeks ago. And then in today's last segment, you'll get to hear the conclusion of Garbage In, Garbage Out. With Christian Car Guy Theater, God continues to show me things that just blow my mind when I start to just obey what he has in mind. He does things that are just remarkable, and hopefully you'll be blessed and share Christian Car Guy Theater with somebody else or maybe some or a younger audience that would be encouraged by this programming. Now sit back and enjoy this Christian Car Guy Theater marathon to start off with my way, Warren Winch. Time now for Christian Car Guy Theater with today's episode, My Way, Warren Winch. It looked like Jimmy's Jeep Wrangler was finally on its way home with Sally Bible Belt and Tammy Tensioner repaired and spinning harmoniously. Under the hood, not everyone was refined as Jimmy may have hoped for, and this time it was crude Mosey Motor Oil who was gushing out the hostility. Yeah, hey, look at hey. Hey, y'all need to get real with yourself. You know what I'm saying? Hey, don't be laying all this slick Jesus jive on me. It's causing me some friction. And Mosey don't go for no friction. I am motor oil after all. The hood ain't about no fake engineer. Come on now. Hey, we needs to be cool. Gracie Gas Tank was quick to respond when she had her fill. Good news! I have such good news for you, Mosey. We are finally on our way home thanks to answered prayers. And if you ask me, someone ought to thank God for it. Mosey, you can't fuel me. Perhaps you should consider a filter for all this slick advice you're giving. Tammy Tensioner was straining to hold her tongue when she let loose. Mosey motor oil, you need a change, buster. The manual has a word for you, and it's called Drain Plug. You'll be the poorest guy in town when the great engineer's done with you, I'm telling ya! The logging road detour Jimmy took had a rock-faced cliff Jimmy had forgotten about. As Jimmy turned onto the switchback, there it was in front of him, right as the sun was dipping below the mountain. If he was going to make it home, he was going to have to climb it. Most wouldn't even consider it, but Jimmy's Jeep had a worn winch with headlamps. Jimmy'd done it before, but never alone. 
This challenge started some new clamoring under the hood. As usual, Eduardo Exhaust piped up. Hey, 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 Warren. Looks like this job is off the hook. It's time for one of your uplifting pickup lines. You know what I'm saying, man? Warren Winch was a bit high-strung, but always ready for an emergency, as he announced. There's no need to fear. We just need to tow the line around here. Hey, that rhymes. Watch me handle this. I eat sheer cliffs for lunch and snowbanks for breakfast. Once again, Gracie Gastank had her fill and remarked, That's a 300-foot drop there, Warren, so I wouldn't be so snappy. Going it alone is for fools and like, watch me handle this. Sounds like famous last words to me, especially in the dark. Jimmy got out of the Jeep and freewheeled the cable off the winch as he scampered up the cliff to look for something strong enough to hook up to. He spotted two pine trees within inches of each other and reasoned those ought to hold us. Looping the cable around with a pull strap, he secured it. Then sliding down the cliff on his rear end, he noted the drop-off and thought, maybe I ought to call for some help. But another voice in his head said, You know, you can handle this alone. Think what your dad would say. Deep down, he thinks you're a wimp. But you got this. This would show him, see, especially in the dark, you see. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jimmy got back into the Jeep and engaged the winch. Warren started singing. Sit back and watch this rescue, folks. Right up a sheer cliff in the dark. Top of the line. Things were looking good as Jimmy, using the hand controls, winched the Jeep up the cliff. Walking beside it, those lights against the rocks lit everything up almost like it was daylight. About a third of the way up the cliff, once the whole weight of the Jeep was on the cable, Jimmy's plan started to unravel. The gully washer rainstorm a few hours ago washed away some of the soil from the roots of the trees holding the cable, and the soil left was softened by the rain. Almost without warning, the cable pulled the two trees down. And what was worse, headed right on top of Jimmy. Jimmy tried to jump clear, but the first tree rolled over his right arm and the second one came to rest, pinning his right leg to the mountain. Jimmy laid unconscious. The jeep went crashing down the cliff and the tree that was now on top of Jimmy had fallen and rolled and then lodged between two large boulders, crushing Jimmy's leg. In a few more feet, and it would crush him completely. The tree still held the cable and the jeep was literally dangling by the winch off the side of the cliff with a 300-foot drop below and tugging on the trees to roll further. All this had broken the lights, and so now things went deathly silent and dark. Hang on, Warren! Gracie Gastank screamed. Lord, hear our prayer. We are up to our neck in trouble. We try to manage this world alone, but we can't. We're so foolish. Jim is in bad trouble, and no matter what happens to us, send help, Lord. Send help. Gracie prayed, and Tammy Tensioner added, Father, you see the tight spot we're in here? One slip and Jimmy's done for. Oh, these trees need to hold, and we've been such saps. So I'm going out on a limb here and asking Jimmy's father to come. Oh, Jimmy has wounds there, and I know Jimmy's dad, James, follows you. Uh, this could be one of those uh, all things you talk about in your manual. All things that, that could work for Jimmy to forgive his dad and see his need to abide in both his father's love. 
Warren had been humbled, and he too was ready to pray. Yes, Father, I never should have tried this without you and help from Jimmy's dad. I tried to do it my way, way out of line. Now, as Tammy said, turn this to both Jimmy and I finding strength in community. Coupling is a lost art in my line of work. Lord, teach us that three strands are not easily broken. Little did Jimmy and his Jeep component friends know that both fathers had already been protecting per the manual. And hours earlier, when Jimmy was missing in the rainstorm, his dad, James, started tracking him down and went so far as having the GPS location for Jimmy's cell phone relayed to him. James was in the U.S. Forest Service and already had helicopters out. Within moments of the Jeep component team's prayers, it was like the air cavalry had arrived. Three helicopters arrived on the scene and they made quick work of lifting the tree off Jimmy and airlifting him to the Beaver County Hospital. Then, of course, they used Warren's cable and several others to rescue the Jeep. Mosey Motor Oil was overwhelmed by the miracles and he declared, Hardcore, brothers. That was hardcore. Gracie, you were right. Yeah, I was bad in need of a change. My viscosity has an all-new velocity of religiosity. There is a God, and we can talk to him. That is slamming. The best part was when Jimmy woke up after surgery, and when he gained his senses, his father, James, came and sat down on the bed. Son, you had me so scared last night. I have never been so scared in all my life, and I know I have never prayed like I prayed the last 24 hours. They say you're going to heal up fine, but you'll be in a wheelchair. You'll be wheelchair-bound for about six months. You think you can put up with help like that from your old dad for six months? James told Jimmy, as a strange warmth filled the room, Jimmy looked deep into his father's eyes as he told his dad. Dad, I, I had you all wrong. I thought you were preventing me becoming myself, but the Lord sure took a tough ordeal to show me that the only way I can become what God intended is to abide in the Father's love, both my fathers. Today's Christian Car Guy Theater, My Way Warren Winch, starred Bert Rosenberg as Warren Winch and Mosey Motor Oil, not to mention the demon and Jimmy's dad, Ann Alt as Tammy Tensioner, and Ellen Kennedy as Gracie Gastank. Alex Seals played Jimmy, and Eduardo Exhaust was Robbie Gilmore. Written and produced by the Christian Car Guy. And now time for Christian Car Guy Theater. With today's story, Sammy the Lazy Starter. Heading towards Beaver Brook, the Jeep Wrangler was perilously navigating the mountain terrain. The rain pouring down meant flash floods in these parts. Gully washer is what they call it. The rain on the soft top popped like you were in a Jiffy Pop popcorn bag. The Jeep groaned and whined in four-wheel drive low gear at no more than two miles an hour as the windshield wipers were no match for the downpour. It was a slippery, treacherous mountain road for sure, and to add to the adventure, you could hardly see. Under the hood, there was quite a rumble, arguing, even firing off at one another, comparing who was the most important under the hood. Cameron the camshaft lobbed his complaint. If I don't give that pushy Peter pushrod a lift every millisecond, nobody around here is going to get to run on time. Plus, I do my rounds every moment we're running. Never a break. Not like that lazy Sammy Stoddard. He does his thing and he's done. You guys would never have the power you have without my lift. 
Cranky old Kramer crankshaft bellowed back. Are you kidding me? If you want a tall lift, your little pick squeep lobes ain't nothing to my Preston piston pushing action. Why, if I go, the whole engine sees it. I crank out more work than anyone, especially Sammy. His cranks are just for starters. I'm the main course around here. While the bickering went on under the hood, the Jeep made its way back to the bank of the Beaver Brook. Jimmy, the Jeep driver, swung the soft top door open to see the depth of the brook since he couldn't see through the windshield. It looked safe enough, no more than six inches or so. Jimmy's focus was what if he could make it home that night, totally removed from the dispute under the hood. Hey, man, you need to stop blowing smoke, puffed Eduardo exhaust pipe. Let me share my manifold wisdom with you. Sammy spins his wheels for a few seconds, and he's escape, man. Exhausted. It's siesta time for Sammy. It's always siesta time for Sammy. <laughs> you boys been hanging out in the hood so much, you got it pulled over your eyes. If you're talking firepower, no one moves around here without a little ignition. Without the arc of my spark, y'all would be forced to park. I can fire away all day, not lay on the hay like Sammy starter. <laughs> so sputtered Spider the spark plug. Sammy can run rings around y'all, defended Penelope Piston. Why you boys stop fuming before you blow a gasket? Arnold Alternator appeared shocked by all this as he responded with his snooty charges. Obviously, you ruffians aren't wired for real work. You have no idea how to conduct yourselves. You, Spider, would have no firepower if it weren't for my flow of power. I believe I have grounds for being far above all of you, especially Sammy's daughter. He never keeps plugging away like the rest of us. Those words were hardly out of Arnold's mouth when the water came crashing through the grill. Cool it! cried Randy Radiator as the water poured through Randy and filling the whole engine compartment. I think we're hosed, dudes! Looks like the whole reservoir is coming our way! Meanwhile now, Jimmy was feeling the water soaking his shoes and socks as it filled the floorboards of the Jeep. Jimmy gripped the wheel and tried to urge it forward. The second rush of water came down the brook like a wall. The sound of the rain was drowned out by the sound of wild river rapids. Again, the water poured through the grill, this time making its way to Ida Intake. Before she knew what was happening, she took a big swallow. I'm choking! I'm choking! She cried as the water drowned out the engine, stalling it for good. With the next wave, Jimmy knew he had only moments till the brook would be a death trap. More water coming and Sugar Falls less than an eighth mile away. With the engine stalled, water pouring in every side, Jimmy wondered, should he stay belted in and drown or try to swim for it before he made the fall over 300 feet straight down to Beaver Valley? That's when his daddy's words came through the noise and fear. Pray, don't panic. Jimmy's faith was stirred and he simply prayed, Lord, help me. I don't know what to do. No sooner did the prayer come out of his mouth than he remembered, since this is a manual transmission, my Jeep will pull forward just using the starter. Jimmy pulled it down into Granny Low, took his foot off the clutch and turned the key. Wah, 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 wah. It was moving. In spite of all this negativity, Bernie Battery remained positive. This was certainly the acid test he had trained for all his life. We're in a war till we're discharged, he cried. Sammy the starter was screaming, having been grounded and coiled for this kind of action, yet never having this kind of brush with death. Wah, wah, wah. He kept turning with all he had. Bernie the Battery was shocking the whole group with his energy when Sammy seemed to be waning. Wah. Womp, was this all he had? Just then, something turned. Eduardo Exhaust started shouting. Come on, Sammy, man, you can do it! 
followed by Cameron Crankshaft. Come on, Slamey! You're no amateur armature. Then the whole engine compartment started to chant. Crank it, Sammy! Crank it, Sammy! Crank it, Sammy! Jimmy yelled, just another couple feet and we'll be up on the hill. Bernie and Sammy gave the last boost and the Jeep lurched up onto the hillside, escaping the oncoming eight-foot wall of water. We did it, Sammy yelled. No, we didn't do it, Sammy, Arnold protested. You did it. You and Bernie. The rest of us were useless once the engine stopped. Sammy smiled and said, I know what you mean. That's what I always thought. It was really hard back then when I was doing nothing. I was idling and you guys were doing all the work. Then, the one that designed us, the great engineer, came to me when I was totally discouraged and I felt like I deserved the lazy names I was taunted with. He shared how we each had his amazing ingenuity, designed and locked deep inside us. And one day, he would call on me to do something miraculous, something that only I could do because I had a little piece of him inside me, something that no one else had. He knew I could contribute that which no one else could as long as I reflected him, his love, his strength and his design. Then my time came. He told me he'd been preparing me all my life to reflect his marvelous design. Yet the coolest thing the great engineer told me was that alone, I wouldn't be all he designed. He told me that I would need all of you and all of your hopes and prayers and talents. He explained that the glorious beauty of his design would begin to take shape only when all of us reflected our special part. Then it would explode into a glory unimaginable when we could see what he, the great engineer, designed in each of us. So when I began to see what each of you could do, the thing that he designed, then I quit looking to compare myself with you, but saw the great engineer I love, I saw his reflection in you. Then pure joy came when I turned back to the great engineer to understand my role and not try to be one of you guys. The moment you guys started to cheer for me, I felt him, the great engineer, he was smiling down as his design saved Jimmy. Sammy explained as he smiled and spun one more time further up the hill. Theater. With today's episode, Garbage In, Garbage Out. Jimmy's new job at Nahum's Garage may be providing money for Jimmy to date his girlfriend Allie, but this sudden change in the number one spot of Jimmy's time and attention has hit Allie with jealousy big time. You might say she's dining on peanut butter and jealousy. Jimmy, it's your day off. What do you mean you have to work? And you know I need to go to the mall and you were going to drive me. Oh, I'm sorry, Allie. Nahum needs me today. Uh, can't believe she hung up. Man, how did life get so complicated? Jimmy walks into the kitchen where his parents and grandmother are trying his mom's experimental cookies. Women. Here, son, have a cookie. Maybe that will help. And I made them with all fresh ingredients. Use stevia instead of sugar and coconut oil, raisins, spices, all kinds of good stuff. Like Miss Annie said, 
We just eat too much sugar. We sure do, honey. Try one of those, Jimmy. They're cooled off over there, and maybe you can cool off as well. Okay, I'll try. You know, I tried to tell your grandpa to stop drinking so many sodas and eating all that fast food and sugar. Just clobbed up his system. I still think he could have lived a lot longer. As I said, women. I know, Mom. He was such a sweetie. <laughs> but he could be a little stubborn at times, like all men. Uh, just once in a while, man. You know, Katie, these are pretty good. Well, we're still in the experimenting stage, but they should eventually be tasty as well as healthy. Ha! <laughs> these are pretty good. I guess women come in handy, sometimes. I have to admit that when you dragged us to Miss Annie's little lecture about health stuff, I was not that enthused. Oh, I would have never known that, sweetie. <laughs> like Miss Annie said, garbage in, garbage out. You are what you eat. What if you were eating peanut butter in jealousy? Ah, so that's the problem. Jealousy. That's funny, Jimmy. Peanut butter and jealousy. So that's Sally's problem, huh? Well, I guess it is. Garbage in, garbage out. You know, it's not just the food we eat, Jimmy. It's what we feed our minds, too. Like peanut butter and jealousy. You might say, if green jelly you eat, green eyes you'll get. It's a kind of sickness of the soul. Demonic green eyes, like the Bible says. But I'd like to find out why she's jealous, dear. Has she explained? I don't know. She just keeps complaining about all the work I do. Hmm. Yeah, I'm feeling that. Thanks for the cookies, ladies. I'm headed for work in an hour or so. See y'all tonight. Later, as Jimmy approaches his Jeep, there's high drama going on under the hood. Mosey Motor Oil joined by Tammy Tensioner, Guido Gasket, and then, suddenly, Gracie Gas Tank moans. Oh, 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 I don't feel so good. I've got terrible indigestion. <coughs> oh, Gracie, what's the matter? Are you alright? Damn it, Tensioner. Don't you see? Somebody just put something other than gas down my gas tank. <laughs> hey, Gracie. Yeah, Gracie, you bugging. You know, bugging sounding foolish. This was Guido Gasket's cue. Yo, put a lid on it, Greasewolf. You mugs don't know a capo when you see one. They'll be taking you out in a wooden kimono. Shut your trap. You buggin'. That's what I said, garlic breath. Bologna, that's your hometown, ain't it, Guido? Well, hey, in this country, uh, in the U.S. of America, A, hey, that is pronounced baloney. Huh, Mosey, Guido, would you two stop arguing? Can't you see that Gracie isn't feeling very well? Gracie, who done it? And what did they put in your gas tank? I have no idea who it was. Too dark. But it sure ain't gas. Tastes kind of sweet. Jimmy cranks his Jeep unaware of this drama and heads to work. Right as he hits Highway 60 going about 45 miles an hour, his engine ceases. 
locking up the rear axle. The Jeep swerves out of control, and before Jimmy can think, his Jeep goes sideways, hitting the curb and rolls over twice. All this causes sheer panic under the hood. Hey, Gracie! Hey, that stuff in the gas hit Kramer crankshaft, and he froze! I mean, he froze. Stop. Stand stood stone still. Not moving. You see what I'm saying? Kramer crankshaft complained. Well, Mr. Slick Talker, I don't know what hit me but your so-called lubrication. You are crude and rude with no lube. You mugs pipe down, I gotta think. Whoever is behind this caper is gonna do life on the installment plan. You don't want me to air condition his head. Witnesses called 911 and the ambulance had Jimmy hospital bound in short order. Jimmy was unconscious, so it's hard to tell the injuries. Everyone in Beaver County knew Jimmy's Jeep and the sheriff immediately called Jimmy's dad. Ken, I have some really bad news for you. Is Katie there with you? Yeah, yeah, she's here. What happened, Brad? There's been a terrible accident. Jimmy's Jeep lost control and rolled a couple of times. Jimmy was hurt bad. Unconscious, but breathing. You'll be at Beaver Creek Hospital by the time you get there. What? I mean, but he was, he was just here not 15 minutes ago. This, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know, Ken. It doesn't make any sense. There were no other cars involved. And, of course, no drugs or alcohol in Jimmy's system. Yeah, yeah. He, there wouldn't be. I, he, he was just here, Brad. I mean, Jimmy's a great driver. What could have happened? I honestly have no idea, Ken. There were 20 feet of skid marks, but witnesses said there was no reason for Jimmy to stop. But he did. And then lost control, went sideways, and you know Jeeps, over she went a couple of times. Thank God they have those roll bars. I'm having the Jeep towed to Nahum's garage. Oh, Nahum may be able to give us some answers. Maybe something happened to the Jeep. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're headed to the hospital now. Deputy Eustace Fletching was suspicious of foul play. Now, now, Sheriff, there is something very suspicious about this accident scene. I believe we, we could have a possible 1311 here. 1311, you say, Eustace? A possible 1311? So? Oh! Oh! <laughs> you mean 1113, attempted murder. Ah. Now, Brad, you know what I meant! This is serious. We could we could have the beginning of a crime wave right here in Beaver County. Well, Eustace, you have that Jeep towed over to Nahum's garage, and I do believe that Nahum will tell us what happened. <laughs> right on it, Sheriff. Right on it. We'll get to the bottom of this, and we'll nip this thing right in the bud. We'll nip it, nip it, nip it. Meanwhile, over at Pop's Malt Shop, another drama was unfolding. Jimmy's longtime rival, Steve Simmons, plopped down right next to Allie with the news. Looks like your boyfriend finally bit off more than he could chew with his overhyped 4x4. Have you heard? Uh, did I say you could sit here, freak? Can you, like, um, leave, like, now? Okay, but you may want to check out room 312 at the Beaver County Hospital. I understand Loverboy has taken up residence. Pastor Jack was sitting in the booth behind Allie and Steve. Pastor quickly responded. Steve, are you saying Jimmy has been in an accident? Oh, uh, that's right, Pastor. Jimmy's Jeep flipped a couple of times on Highway 60. He's unconscious, but stable in room 312. What? Jimmy's hurt? Oh my gosh, oh no. Pastor, can you take me to the hospital? Sure, let's go. 
we'll pray as we walk. Father, we don't know or understand what has happened, but Father, right now, come to Jimmy's rescue. As Pastor Jack and Allie head over to the hospital, Steve is left talking to himself in the booth. Ha, maybe I should just head over to Nahum's garage and make sure that Jeep is done for. I'm tired of losing the hill climb to that hunk of junk. Tune in to the next episode of Christian Car Guy Theater and find out, will Jimmy be okay? Who put what in Jimmy's gas tank? Will Guido air condition their head? Find out next time on Christian Car Guy Theater. Now, Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. <laughs> Randy, do you think that if I drink lime soda, that my eyes will turn green? No, 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 Danny. Garbage in with soda is all that sugar. Sugar is addictive. Leads to diabetes and heart disease, not to mention belly fat and liver damage. The green eyes come from eating the fruit of jealousy. A a self-centered, even demonic influence the Bible speaks of in the book of James. That garbage taken into your soul will bear all sorts of garbage fruit. I get it, Randy. If I eat a lot of sugar and green jelly, I'll be a trash talker, right? (laughs) You know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but when I think about it, yes, Daddy, for once I believe you're right. (laughs) Say goodbye, Daddy. (laughs) See you later, Radiator. the exciting last segment of the Christian Car Guy show today featuring the conclusion to Garbage In, Garbage Out. So, Nam, you say there was sugar in Jimmy's gas tank? That is just as I thought. That's attempted murder. <laughs> hey, deputy, look over there. Isn't that the Simmons boy sneaking around Jimmy's Jeep? What's he doing in the back of my shop? No customers are allowed back there. Oh, shh, shush. He looks awful suspicious. He could be the perpetrator. Now y'all shush. The what? The perpetrator. The perpetrator. You know, the one who tried to kill Jimmy. Now shh, shh. We could catch him red-handed. Now let me sneak over here and, and see what he's up to. Now y'all just shush. I used this. I said shush, shush. Now, you just wouldn't it be a lot easier to just watch him on his camera? Of course it would, Nam. Now, why didn't you tell me that? I don't know. Maybe it was all that shushing. Well, looky here, Eustace. That boy's up to no good. He's a-looking in that gas tank I took off when I found all that sugar. This strange boy looking around Jimmy's Jeep stirred up the characters under the hood. Gracie Gas Tank sounded the alarm. Hey, Guido Gasket, I think I found our culprit. You see that Simmons boy looking down my filter neck? Stand back, I'm about to blow a gasket. That will air condition his head, guaranteed. Yeah, hey, you go, Guido. Yeah, show that kid a little something about what goes on under the hood. Hey, Tammy, tensioner, can you get a look at him? A little closer. Closer? Just a few more steps. All right, hands up, young man. You are under arrest for the attempted murder of Jimmy Anderson. What? 
Are you crazy, Eustace? I was just checking out Jimmy's Jeep. I heard it was in an accident. Sure, sure, I heard it all before now. <laughs> you, you just spread them so I can get these handcuffs on you. And I, and I, you, don't, you cut that out and put your hands together so I can cuff you. You said spread, um, Eustace. Oh, yeah, very, oh, very funny. You don't sass me now. Now, Stephen, you come with me. We're headed to see the high sheriff. And it's not what you're thinking. He is not that tall. Just then, Pastor Jack and Allie were headed into Jimmy's room. His parents and grandmother were already there. Jimmy, they said you were unconscious. Hurt bad. Are you okay? I did hit my head hard on the roll bar. Knocked me out for a few minutes. Minor concussion, they say. I'm, I'm probably fine. Naturally, they just want to run a few more tests. Mom, you didn't happen to bring along any of those cookies you and Grandma made. I'm starving. Well, that says it all, Allie. It's only God's grace that his hard knock came to the hardest part of any Anderson man's physique. His head. <laughs> and the fact that he has an appetite tells me Jimmy's going to be just fine. I'm glad your dad had us bring our wonder cookies along, just in case we were here for a while. Here you go, Jimmy. Thanks, Grandma. And there's one for you, Allie. These cookies are very healthy, and they don't have any sugar in them, which is so important. So true. We learned from a health lecture that sugar can really make people uptight, and none of us need that right now. You wouldn't believe how much sugar there is in soda. Oh, hi, Sheriff. Great news, Brad. Jimmy's going to be okay. Any word on what happened? Yep. Old Nahum says someone put sugar in Jimmy's gas tank. That caused the engine to seize, locking everything up. That's what caused the skid. About 20 minutes ago, Deputy Eustace caught the Simmons boy sneaking around, trespassing in the back of Nahum's garage, looking over Jimmy's Jeep. He's got him locked up for questioning right now. His parents are on the way. So, Jimmy, can you think of any reason Stephen would sabotage your Jeep? Yeah, I mean, well, we compete off-road a lot, and I, I always... Allie, what's wrong? Why are you crying? It wasn't Stephen. It was me. I had no idea sugar would cause an accident. I didn't mean to hurt Jimmy. I just wanted to hurt that Jeep. I'm so sorry. Jimmy, you love those cars more than you even like me. I was so happy that you liked me and so proud to be with someone like you. But things just weren't the same. I didn't know you felt like that, Allie. I didn't know that sugar could ruin the car. I don't know anything about cars. I just wanted to get you back. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Please don't arrest Steven. He didn't do it, Sheriff. I did. Sheriff, I'm sure the Andersons won't press charges. Why don't you go clear things up with the Simmons family? I'll stay here. Looks like the Lord brought me here for a reason. Hey, Allie, do you drink lots of sodas? Well, of course I drink sodas. What's your point? Oh, nothing. Just curious. Yep, looks like Allie's in for a big lesson. Let's ask Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator their take on today's episode. Uh -huh. Randy, I'd have never guessed it was Allie that done it. That peanut butter and jealousy must have been some bad stuff. I'll never eat a PBJ again, that's for sure. And that sugar sure put the stick in sticky. It sounds like it destroyed that Jeep. Garbage in, garbage out. You are right, Daddy. The Bible tells us in the book of James, chapter 3, verse 16, that where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. So even a sweet young girl could do some really evil stuff if she's allowing jealousy to get a hold. Oh, and add to that, she was under the influence of all that sugar, as was Jimmy's Jeep. 
So you're right, Daddy. It was a sticky situation we can all learn from. So, someone who goes after too much sugar, <laughs> I should be ready to take their lumps. Right, Randy Radiator? Say goodbye, Daddy. <laughs> See you later, Radiator. Today's episode of Christian Car Guy Theater, Garbage In, Garbage Out, Part 2, Episode 10, starred Alex Seals as Jimmy, Ann Alt as Tammy Tensioner, Brian Havoc as Deputy Eustace, and Dad, and Randy Radiator, Bert Rosenberg as Mosey Motor Oil, Chris Van Cleef as the Sheriff, Ellen Kennedy as Gracie Gastank and Grandma, Marquis McRae as Stephen, Mariah Dillmore as Allie, Pastor James Banks as Pastor Jack, Vincent Menino as Guido Gasket, and Vanessa Orr as Mom. Today's episode, Garbage In, Garbage Out 2, was written by Ann Alt, Ellen Kennedy, and Robbie Dillmore. Adapted, produced, and directed by The Christian Car Guy. How fun was this? My first ever Christian Car Guy Theater Marathon. I've had so much fun listening to all these episodes myself today. I'm so glad that you tuned in to hear them. But I do want to remind you of a few basics that we always talk about here on the Christian Car Guy Show. First off, ChristianCarGuy.com. You may think, wow, I would love to share some of these Christian Car Guy Theater episodes with folks, or maybe some other great Christian Car Guy show that you enjoyed in the past. You can always go to ChristianCarGuy.com. One simple word, ChristianCarGuy.com, and there you'll find podcasts of previous shows. There's nearly a couple hundred of them that are there to choose from, including all the previous Christian Car Guy Theater episodes. Also, very, very important to the heart of this ministry is the Jesus labor of love. That's car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. This is a huge part of what we do here is we have a network of repair places across the country that repair cars. They, they, they do the labor, and the single moms, the widows, the families in crisis pay for the parts. And if you go to ChristianCarGuy.com and you click on the Jesus Labor Love, maybe you know somebody that has a need. There you can apply. It will go to our prayer team, and all those folks will immediately begin to work on that. Or you can look at our list of car repair centers, because if you're sitting there thinking, wow, I wonder if there's a good Christian mechanic in my area. Well, if these people are donating their time and their labor for single moms and widows, you know, they would be a pretty good person to take your car to. And so you can see them under Christian Car Care Centers there at ChristianCarGuy.com, as well as the whole Jesus Labor Love, things to pray for, it's all there. And again, a big part of the heart of this ministry. Again, I'm so grateful that you listened to the car, Christian Car Guy show today. And remember what I always say, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. And maybe you shouldn't go after all that sugar because you might have to take some lumps. 